Hello friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and we're getting ready to have Church on the Road. Hey, we're bringing a church to you right where you're at, in the cab. And we do it in a lot of different ways. We have a radio program, LonesomeRoadRadio.com. We have podcasts. We have CD ministry. We also have a telephone conference line. So log on to LonesomeRoad.org for our podcast and to order some of our CDs. And if you'd like to listen in on our conference line, we get together every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Just dial this number, 727-731-5062. So buckle up and come right along with us. We're going to have church on the road. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's a lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day been out west for about three weeks 
just running the coast up and down. When I finally found me a load headed back east toward my hometown. It was a dark and stormy night when I got loaded down in LA. So I thought I'd head back east for a little ways before I took my break. My wife and kids and those 18 wheels were humming through my mind. The rain was coming down, lightning flashed, and I saw the shadow of a man. I hit my air brakes and came to a stop. He come running up to my cab from the back. I knew right then there was something different about this man in black. Sure nice of you to stop, mister, he said as I was shifting into high gear. My name is Red, Red Dragon, he said with a sly grin. Then he said something that made my blood run cold. Your family will be all right without you, Big Tom. This is gonna be your last run. We're fixing to have a really bad wreck just around the next bend. You see, my boss sent me to collect your soul. Oh, I got really nervous and started slowing my big rig down. My whole life flashed before me. I cried out, Jesus, Lord, please save my soul. I heard the thunder roll and a flash of light, and Jesus was all I saw. He had a crown of thorns with blood dripping from his finger. He pointed at me, and I heard him say, Little red dragon, you might as well tuck your tail and run, for this one belongs to me. The next thing I knew, I was sitting in a parking lot. The storm had passed, and God's sun was shining on my face. I said, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your amazing grace. I picked up my cell phone and called my wife. I said, honey, you ain't gonna believe what happened to me last night. I saw the angel of death, and he said he'd come to take my soul. But I saw you praying, you were praying for me, and I cried out, Jesus, come into my life, please save my soul. I can't wait to get home, baby. I wanna tell everyone I know about this man called Jesus who just saved my soul. Well, drivers, fact or fiction, God only knows. The question is, do you have the faith that Big Tom showed? What if, what if it were you? Where would your run end? Heaven or hell? Eternity is just around the bend. Hey, we got a couple, uh, we got several people on here tonight. Uh, so we got some people looks like for the first time, maybe. So welcome to the Lonesome Road Channel 21 Ministries conference line. And our speaker tonight is Danny Atwood. He's a brand new chaplain with us. And uh, we're excited about him being part of the ministry. So Cliff Clark, I am going to unmute you. And I'm going to ask you if you will pray for the service tonight, Brother Cliff. Father, in Jesus' name, as I know how, first of all, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for Brother Danny Atwood. Father, as he's coming on board, Lord, Father, speak to him and uh, make things plain for him. Open many doors for him where he can be the witness, Lord, that you called him to be. 
thank you, Lord, for Danny Atwood. Father, bless the word as he shares with us tonight, giving the things that you would have him to say. Father, I ask, Lord, that you bless each one of the uh, chaplains here on the line tonight. Lord, that you would please, Lord, uh, bless Brother Gary and the upcoming conference. And, Lord, all those that would participate. Thank you, sweet Holy Ghost, for what you're doing with Channel 21 Ministries and Lonesome Road. Father, move in a great mighty way. Bless us, Lord, whether we're Methodist or Baptist or Cornhoppers, Lord. You bless all of us and take care of us and watch over us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody, now say it. Everybody said Amen. amen. Okay, Jerry, I love you. Amen. I love you, too. Thanks, Cliff. I appreciate you. I'm going to go ahead and put you back on mute, and uh, so that way we'll have a clear channel for Chaplain Danny Atwood, and he is a brand-new chaplain. Thank you, Danny, for being on the line tonight, and thank you for agreeing to uh, bring the message. So it's all yours, brother. Well, thank you, Gary. Uh, first, I just wanted to share a little bit about myself. Um I'm 64 years old and been married to my wife for 30 years. Uh, I've been driving trucks for about 35 years, and I drive locally in California. Um, I'm the oldest of six kids. My mom was divorced and married several times, and we grew up running all over the country. Um, my mom was a bartender by trade so I got introduced to alcohol at a young age and actually began to drink uh, when I was in the fifth grade I would get drunk and go to sleep before my mom would get home so kind of dealt with my problems that way and back in 86 my dad died and um, I didn't really know my dad much but I had tried to commit suicide and my aunt came to the hospital and picked me up and she began to pray for me. A few months later, I gave my life to Christ and was in and out of church until I came to California in 1990 and uh, began to go to church on a regular basis and got involved, started teaching youth and taking a lot of legal leadership classes and doing things in church. And I got ordained in 1994 through the Assemblies of God International. And I served as a pastor, a youth pastor, and associate pastor, as well as many other things. You know, the body of Christ, there's a lot to do. Um. I started praying about my message when Chaplain Gary asked me if I would do it. And I thought I had it all together and some things started happening that changed it. And the last couple of days I've, I've had it confirmed through Jim and Ann Davenport, a CD that Gary made with them last year. And then the new CD he sent out this month, um, had some of the same scriptures, so I believe this is exactly what the Lord wanted me to share. And I entitled it, Do You Know What You're Asking? 
um, James and John in Mark chapter 10, verse 35 through 40, they come to Jesus and they want something specific from him. And it says, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism that I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. I'm pretty sure that James and John didn't know what they were asking, or I believe they would have never asked. Um, Jesus assured James and John that they would both drink the same cup and be baptized with the same baptism. The cup was symbolic of the sorrows that he would go through. And you look in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 38, um, that portion of scripture actually has the mention of the blood. Mark doesn't say anything about the blood, but Jesus was in such anguish that his sweat became drops of blood. And his baptism speaks of the appointed suffering that he would go through. And we all know that he was beaten beyond recognition. And you can read in Psalms 22 and see that Jesus' suffering was indeed appointed. It was already told what he would suffer and go through. You can read the same accounts in Isaiah 53. But back to Mark 10:39, their answer to Jesus was, we are able. James and John both did. James was the first martyr to be martyred, according to Acts 12, 1 and 2. He was pierced through with a sword by Herod. And then, according to Revelations 1, 9, John was banished to the Isle of Patmos. And, you know, I, I wondered for years about that island. And I finally found out that that island was 60 miles southeast of Ephesus. The island itself was a volcanic island. It was 10 miles long and 6 miles wide. No trees or anything on there. And it was a colony where they sent those that would work in the granite mines. It hasn't changed much for us either. God may not have asked us to be martyrs, but he has asked us to lay down our lives. Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be 
conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And you know, it tells us that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Um, the word holy is the same word that God used with Moses when Moses stood before the burning bush. And I never realized that it was that sacred. And the word literally means sacred and pure, blameless, consecrated, separated, properly revered. And you know, that's the way we're supposed to be. Right now, you look around in the churches and stuff, and people are chasing dreams and ideas in the church, and we forgot about the reverence that God requires from us. You know, he gave everything to give us life, and our lives aren't our own. We've been bought with a price, and that means that we are to live according to his dictates and statues, not according to our own desires. I don't believe it's possible for any of us to live out that life apart from Christ and what he did on the cross. Through complete surrender and power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to be changed and transformed into the new creation that we're supposed to be. The early church was our example. The disciples were the first to be called Christians because their actions were the same as what had been witnessed by Jesus Christ himself when he walked. The name was given by those that were outside looking in. And I just wonder, what would people call us? Would they be able to convict us if we were put on trial for being a Christian? What would they say about us? Would we look like the world? If you look at the statistics in society, the divorce rate in the church is as high, if not higher, than it is in the world. And there's something wrong with that. We took vows before God to love, honor, and cherish till death. And so many people these days are given in to their own desires and families are split. Years ago, I had glued two pieces of wood together and left them for days. And I did a message that morning about marriages being torn apart. And I asked one of the men in the church to pull those boards apart. When he did, one of the boards had part of the other board still stuck to it. And that's what Satan does to our marriages when he pulls us apart. It tears the marriage apart, and he's able to stand before God and point his finger see, and tell God, see, I got this one. It shouldn't be that way. Matthew 5, uh, verses 13 through 16, tells us, You are the salt of the earth, but if that salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp, put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. 
and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. It says that we're the salt of the earth. That means we should be the ones flavoring society, not the world. And you look around the world, you know that we're living in the last days. The church has a lot of work to do, and we need to first and foremost get ourselves back in communion and fellowship with God to the point that nothing else matters. If it doesn't, we're going to be in deep trouble. That means influencing society with good while we penetrate the darkness of our world. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. But here in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus said to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Without light, we would stumble around in the dark. Light repels darkness, and our world is getting darker day by day. It's time for us to fan that flame. I've heard so many people that claim to be Christian these days, they say, well, brother, the Bible tells us about these dark times in Revelation. And my answer to them is it does. But as long as the church is here, we have a mandate from God. If you look in Luke chapter 19, we see the parable of the Minas. And 19, 12, and 13, it says, Therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business until I come. One mina was equal to about three months salary in that time, so you're really talking about a lot of money for that time. But this is a picture of Jesus and his church. Verse 13, it says, do business until I come. And then in that same verse, in the King James, it says, occupy until I come. The word occupy means that we are to carry on the business that Christ left behind for us to carry on. He could return at any day or any time, and none of us really know that. But when he does return, what would he see? Would he be happy with us? We hear that in a lot of the music that's played on our station, and I believe that we've got some anointed men and women of God that are putting out what the world needs. How about you? Do you have family members, friends that are not saved or living right? We have all that we need to do what Jesus has asked us to do. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we lack nothing. I think one of the biggest reasons you don't see the church moving out is because we don't want to go there because of what we see happening in our world and too many people are hiding off in churches and not getting out into the streets where we need to be we need to get busy and be about the father's business i hope that this message helps some of you and 
that it's an encouragement to you. Um, Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We know, Father, that we lack nothing according to your word. Father, you sent your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, to help us. And, Lord, I pray that he would empower us with a boldness, Father, that we wouldn't be able to contain. Lord, that we would influence society and stop letting society influence the church. Lord, we need to get the world out of the church and get the church into the world. So I ask, Father, tonight, Lord, for every chaplain, for every pastor, for every person that's listening, I ask, Father, that you would provide everything that we would need. Father, that you would lead us and guide us by your spirit. And, Lord, that we would walk boldly and humbly before you. And, Father, that we would bring glory and honor to you and to you alone. Father, I pray all of these things tonight in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen, brother. I appreciate your message, and it is time for us to get off of our blessed assurance and shine the light of Jesus everywhere we go. I appreciate you so much. Uh, let me ask you, uh, Danny, uh, when, how did you find out about Channel 21 Ministries uh, chaplain program or Lonesome Road Ministry? How did you find out about Lonesome Road Ministry? Well, I've got a, a co-worker that is unsaved, and he went to one of our customers, and an over-the-road truck driver gave him one of your CDs. Mm-hmm. And he brought it back to the yard and he called me over to his truck and he said, brother, I want you to listen to this and tell me what you think. (laughs) Uh, The same guy a few months earlier had tried to show me some pornographic images and one of the other drivers told him, you do realize you're trying to show a pastor those images and he got really embarrassed. So he knew who I was and I brought the CD home and downloaded it on my computer and listened to it, and I enjoyed it. It it excited me, but I just kind of lost touch with it, and one day I was at my computer, and I found that CD downloaded again, and I listened to it again, and that's when I sent you a letter letting you know that I had listened to one of the CDs and that I really enjoyed it, and I I believe in everything that you're doing, and I I am privileged to be part of it. I support the ministry. I support you, brother, and I want to do anything that God would have me to do and go anywhere he wants me to go because it it is time to go. Uh, the Great Commission says go therefore and make disciples. Mm-hmm. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't get any clearer than that. <laughs> that's pretty clear right there go ye therefore <laughs> and preach the gospel to every creature and uh Amen. there's a lot out there ain't there, <laughs> there, that, is. That's, there that's, is that's so interesting that a unsaved truck driver brought you a cd after he had already listened to it hadn't he yeah he had listened to it and it, he told me that he listened to it but he said it kind of it kind of made him feel good, but then it kind of didn't. And I understood he was under conviction because of what he had heard. 
Uh-huh. And, you know, I had, I had shared with you um, the day that I became a chaplain um, about going to that truck stop in Rochelle and actually my first time ever being in a truck stop chapel. And, brother, that was almost 25 years ago. And yeah. then all of I'm part of this ministry and stuff, and it's like God has brought all things full circle. Amen. Yeah, go ahead and share that story about uh, the chap- chaplain, uh, uh, Jay Lorette is who it is up at Rochelle. Go ahead and share that story with the drivers. That, that will definitely encourage them, I know. I had um, taken a load of frozen dinners out of, um, where was it, Houston, Texas, and went to Rochelle, Illinois, actually just right outside of there, and delivered them to the Stouffer's plant. And um, me and my wife went back over to Rochelle, and we spent the night there, and we got up the next morning and showered and ate breakfast, and we were waiting on our next load assignment, and Someone knocked on the door, and I looked down, and it was a little guy with a fedora on. He had several kids with him, and I rolled the window down and asked him what he needed. And he said, I just come to invite you to our service. He said, we've converted a trailer into a chapel and would be happy to have you there. And I told him, well, I'm waiting on my assignment, but once I do, we'll come in. And we sat there for a few minutes after he left, and I told my wife, they're not in no hurry to give me my assignment, so I'm not going to be in any hurry to go anywhere. I'm just going to go to the service. And he shared with me when I went in that from the moment he met me at my truck that he just felt the love of God towards me and he wanted to know if he could pray for me. And I told him, sure, you can pray for me. So I went up, me and my wife, and he prayed, and he said, what can I pray for? And I said, well, I'm really tired of being gone all the time because we were out four or five weeks at a time and only home for three days. And he prayed that God would give me a local job. And within a couple months, I had a job just running northern and northern and southern California. And I ran that for a few years. And the company I'm currently with, I've been there for over 23 years. So God does answer prayers, and, you know, I was so grateful to him for his prayers, and you could just feel the love of God just penetrating from him when he shared his heart that morning. So he's, he's a special man, that's that's for sure. Yes, Chaplain Jay Lorette is a special man up there in Rochelle, Illinois, and there's special men all across this country in these truck stop chapels and... A lot of them are running up and down the road in these semis. We, Channel 21 Ministry has a lot of special men and women that are chaplains for Channel 21 Ministry, and they minister to drivers all across this country running up and down the highways. And I met a very special man years and years ago out in Pennsylvania, and he really touched my heart and touched me and prayed for me at a time when I needed prayer. And his name was uh, Joe Carl, and he went by the handle of Smokin' Joe. And the Lord gave me a song about Smokin' Joe, 
and we've recently just had that redone. David Brown sings that for us, and it's a brand new release, and we want to share it with you right now. Here's David Brown with a song that um, we just had redone, and Bill Shell and Joe Arview and a whole lot of other great people down in southern Illinois helped us with this song, and it's called Smoking Joe. a song and a sword we may never know it may go untold just what he does for the Lord oh smoking Joe he's on the road preaching the gospel
recently we had our conference here at Lonesome Road Ministries, and it was a great, great conference. We had a we had a full house on Friday and Saturday, and Sunday we had a great service to end our conference. And we got this one guy here that runs our sound. His name is Roger Barkley Jr., and he's an awesome man of God, awesome singer, songwriter, and uh, he can do anything. I'll tell you what, if you can think of it, he can do it. And he helps us in so many different ways. But uh, a few years ago, he, he sang a song here at our conference called he didn't throw the clay away. And what a powerful, powerful song that is. I mean, the whole conference was powerful, but this song here, when he sang that song, it took me back to when the very first time I heard that song, I was a brand new Christian back in uh, 95, and a guy came to our church and sang that song, and it just completely blew me away. What a powerful, powerful song. And Roger talked about a friend of his that wrote the song, and his name is Gene Reasoner, and he lives down in uh, southern Missouri. And I got to meet Gene Reasoner at the ICGMA Awards Show in West Plains, Missouri, several years back. And what an honor it was to meet a great, great songwriter like Gene Reasoner. This song, He Didn't Throw the Clay Away, has been sung by so many different people throughout the years. It, Gene wrote this song in 1986, and uh, it is such a powerful song. Uh, some of the lyrics are just so touching and powerful. Empty and broken, I came back to him, a vessel unworthy, so scarred by sin but he did not despair he started over again and i bless the day he didn't throw the clay away wow i mean we are that lump of clay on god's wheel of life and no matter what we do no matter what mistakes we make god will not throw that clay away when we fall off the wheel he just picks it up and molds it again trying to make us into what we need to be for him, to serve him. And as I was thinking about this, our pastor Rick Hayes, he preached a message on this very scripture. And so I knew that I needed to share this with our listeners out there today. And he preached a message out of Jeremiah 18. And it says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. God is telling us, each and every one of us, arise and go to that potter's house, and he is going to speak to us. He is going to cause us to hear his words when he gets us in the place that we're ready to listen, is what he's telling us. And so Jeremiah says he got up and went to the potter's house, and there he was, there was the potter making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel. And it seemed good to the potter to make. And then that's when God spoke to Jeremiah. And he said, Can I not do with you as this potter? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you 
in my hands. God has each and every one of us in his hands, and he is molding us and making us into that vessel that he can use. That's where we got to be. We got to stay upon that potter's wheel and let him mold us and spin us and make us into something that he can use. No matter what you're going through, what has happened in your life, God wants to mold you into something that he can use. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. God is ready to mold you into something special if you will allow him to do that. But we have to get to the place where we can hear God and let him speak to us and he will do it. Just because we're in a state of mind that things aren't going right, that is when God puts us back on the wheel and spins and molds us and shapes us into something that he can use. So don't despair, don't give up, God wants to do amazing things in your life if you will allow him to. Just like this song by Gene Reasoner, he didn't throw the clay away. Over and over, he molds me and makes me into his image, his fashion, the clay. A vessel of honor I am today, all because Jesus didn't throw the clay away. God is not throwing the clay away in your life. He wants to mold you into something that he can use. So we have to get to that point and then get to that place where we can hear God speak to us and he will raise us up out of that ashes. Whatever situation you're in, whatever you're going through, God wants to raise you up and mold you back into something that he can use. And he will do it if we allow him to. I love this verse in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This is one of the most powerful verses you'll ever hear. And it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what God can do with each and every one of us if we'll allow him to put us on that wheel and let him mold us into that vessel that he can use. And he wants to do that in each and every one of our lives if we will allow him to do that. Pastor friend of mine, me and him was talking the other day. We was talking about restoring an old house. And I said, well, it looks to me like it just needs to be tore down. And he said, no, he said, that's got a great foundation and it can be restored and made into something beautiful if it's put in the right hands. And he said, take that in your own life if you look at how you was before you was ever saved. You was a drug addict, you was an alcoholic, you was something that most people thought there's no hope for him. But when you put it in the master's hands, he becomes a miracle. And that's what God is wanting to do in your life today. He's wanting to create a masterpiece, a miracle in your life, but you got to surrender all to him and let him mold you into something that he can use. Give this song a listen. This is He Didn't Throw the Clay Away, and this is by Gene Reasoner, the guy that wrote the song.
broken I came back to him A vessel unworthy So scarred with sin But he did not despair He started over again And I bless the day He didn't throw the clay away Over and over He holds me and makes me to his likeness he fashions the clay a vessel of honor I am today all because Jesus didn't throw the clay away me to stay But when I stumble when I fall and my vessel breaks He just picks up all the pieces He never throws the clay away me into his likeness he fashions the clay a vessel of honor I am today all because Jesus didn't throw the clay away soul of honor I am today all because Jesus didn't throw the clay Matthew chapter 12, there's a verse in there that, well, let me just read it. This, these are the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 12, verse 30, it reads, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth 
abroad. <laughs> I tell you, what the Word of God, man, I tell you, it is so powerful. And this is a powerful scripture right here. I know uh, my sister, her in her testimony, she gave a, at our church years ago. She talked about teaching Sunday school in a little Baptist church and how she would teach Sunday school, but every week she got under conviction. She come across this verse right here one day in her Sunday school lesson, and it really convicted her heart. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scatters abroad. And she thought, well, I'm not against God, but am I really with God? Because she taught Sunday school, and that was about it. The rest of the week, she wasn't, had nothing to do with God. And so she started getting under conviction. She told her husband one, one day, she was so miserable, he finally got fed up and he said, what is wrong with you? And she said, well, I'm not saved. Is that a, so there? <laughs> and he said, what? You're not saved? She said, no, I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. And he said, well, we can fix that. And they knelt down right there at the couch that night and prayed, and she asked Christ into her life, and she became a born-again Christian. And then her whole walk, her countenance, everything changed right then. And she started living for God seven days a week. And they, they are very active in their church today, and they do everything they can for the Lord. So if you're not with God, the Bible says, if you're not living for him, then you're against him. <laughs> and it goes back to my testimony. Back in the 80s, I worked in the oil field and for a few years while, while I was getting my CDLs straightened up, if you know what I'm talking about. But I had to get off the road for a, about a year or two. And I worked in the oil field. I worked with this guy, and me and him became really good friends. But this guy was peculiar, if you know what I mean. He would bring his Bible to work with him, and during our lunchtime, he would read his Bible. And I thought, man, this guy is weird. But I really liked the guy, and we rode to work together. And when we rode to work together, I was one way. But when I got around all the other workers at work, I treated him a different way. I made fun of him. I, I was hard on him. I, I'd do things to try to upset him. And that's what this verse is talking about. If you're not with God, you're against God. And that's what I, I didn't even know it, but the devil was using me to be against God out there in the workplace, trying to embarrass this guy and trying to make him get mad and start cussing or something. He, he would get mad and he would say, gosh, dang it, or something like that. And, and it was, but he was such a good witness for God because he brought his Bible to work. He didn't care what anybody thought. He was a Christian, and he was going to live it seven days a week, not one day a week. So that's what I wanted to talk to you drivers about today. Are you a seven-day-a-week Christian, or are you a one-day-a-week Christian? A one-day-a-week Christian makes for a weak Christian. But a seven-day-a-week Christian, that's what God is looking for out there on the road. He's looking for people that are willing to be a witness no matter where they are 
or what they're doing or who's around them and who's watching them. And I'll tell you right now, friends, people are watching you. No matter what you're doing or who you are, there's always somebody watching you. And boy, today's world, that is so evident because there's a camera looking at you everywhere you go, whether you're fueling your truck or walking through the truck stop, somebody's watching you. Someone is watching you. So you're either living for God or you're living for the devil. It's very plain right there in the scriptures. You live for God or you live against God. In Matthew chapter 27, let me read a verse in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 22, they was getting ready to uh, crucify Jesus and put him on the cross. And they brought him before Pilate. And they was, it was a custom that day that they had to release one thief. And uh, the people, he said, who should I release? Barabbas, who was a murderer and a thief and a really bad dude. Or shall I release this man called Jesus? And they all cried out to him crucify him crucify him they wanted to crucify the lord they wanted to crucify this man called jesus and but pilate he didn't want to do that and he tried everything he could to get out of turning jesus over to this crowd to be crucified pilate was a politician he liked to straddle the fence he liked to work both sides and he didn't want to be the one to turn jesus over so he finally said, I'm going to wash my hands of this situation. It's on you. But we all know we cannot wash our hands of any situation when we're right in the middle of it. And that's where he was. And that's where many of us are. So friends, are you for him or against him? Are you serving the Lord or are you serving Satan? There's no, no in the middle. There's no straddling the fence. You got to choose this day who you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. At the crossroads of life, lost without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head We don't like to close any program without offering you the chance to give God your heart. So pray with me right now. Just a simple little prayer. Pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I surrender all to you. I want to give you my heart right now, Lord, and then I want you to mold me into the person that you want me to be. Help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus at the foot of the cross, broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost, I left a lifetime of me. We want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. 
And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by. Keep it rolling. 